This is the uh, Joe Swanson Propaganda Podcast, and we are uh, recording. It's the first show of the uh, of 2013. It's starting off good. Um, we got some uh, cool guests coming up in the uh, later episodes as well. I'm working on some folks. So, but this is uh, 2013, and uh, my guest today, uh, Matt Odell from uh, Ragtime Tattoo in St. Louis. What's happening, man? Hello, Joe. How are you, dude? I'm doing good, man. It's uh, really cool that I get to be on the show again. Yeah, you were like the first episode, and yeah. then you're the first of 2013. So, do we or do we get to? Uh, are we recording this time? <laughs> uh, we actually recorded. You were the second episode. I think the recorded one with my buddy Paul. That's like the first ghost episode, and then I recorded one with uh, a buddy, um, another artist, Mike Maxwell, um, and he was. Uh, his we didn't get recorded either for some reason, and then we recorded one with you, which was awesome, and it didn't get recorded. <laughs> that three first like ghost episodes that finally we were able to record the one with us. I think we took it from the audio that you had recorded on your side. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I'm recording again. <laughs> um, so we put it up, and then uh, you know, slowly but surely, I'm getting my shit together. No, it's yeah, a process. It's like anything else. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. And I'm, I'm, you know, I work on some stuff uh, on the show, like the intros and outros, some of that stuff. I, uh, I don't know if I should do it before or after. I, I'd like to cut down on the, uh, the nonsense. So, some I'm gonna try to do some of the stuff uh, during the show, like uh, intros and outros. Because um, I can plug my iPhone right into my mixer and just just do it. So I'm gonna try that shit. We'll see how it goes. But like again, it'll be a little bit of a work in progress. I just got set up in the new um, uh, home studio here, uh, and uh, so yeah, it's it's cool. I'm I'm gonna try to do some stuff live also. Like, uh, well, not live, but um, well, I am gonna look into video so that we can do like video and stream it live over Ustream or something like that. So yeah, that's cool. Plays out, but uh, And then I also want to do stuff where I'll have people here at, the, at, at my home studio and do shit together. Um, I need to get a little bit of... If anybody wants or has a uh, microphone amplifier and they want to donate to the show, please, <laughs> you know, on Twitter, OG Joe Swanson, or holler at me on Instagram. And uh, that's what I need because I... I just pulled out out of my mixer, and then everybody had head, have headphones on, hear everything that's going on, and uh, it'd be fucking. It's gonna be fucking cool, man. Fucking uh, legit. <clears throat> it's trying to be trying to be pro, but very approachable at the same time. You know, it's a tricky balance. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's it's cool, man. I, I, I'm I'm liking it. I'm working on some other stuff with uh, with people and and tattooing at Hard Luck Tattoo and in Lodi, and it's it's uh, great. I'm excited. So, podcast is going to be fun, though. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for some people that are coming up. and, and uh, Who you got coming up? Oh, uh, shit, man. I, I'm talking to this dude on Instagram, Thomas Pollard. Mm-hmm. Essex, uh, UK, works at Skin Yard Tattoo, I think. Dude, I'm telling you, man. Uh, I'm hoping, hoping to get him on, because he's, he's like black and gray, top shelf shit, dude. Like, yeah. it's so insane. Yeah, and, that, that's uh, probably not my strong point. I should probably listen to him. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to get from listening, but maybe a little bit. Yeah. 
I'll Great. steal. I'll steal whatever, dude. I'm a damn thief. Good artists borrow. Great artists steal. You know. There you go. I don't give uh, a shit. Him, um, you know, he's he's. Uh, we've been emailed. We've emailed uh, once uh, and um, talked on Instagram a little bit. So, uh, it, but sh- check this shit out. It's Yo, Pollard tattoos. Um, Pollard is with two two L's and one A, and. Uh, um, yeah, it's good shit, man. So him and, you know, I'll get my buddy Paul back on. He's doing some cool shit in San Francisco. Um, you know, it, it's it's going to be, uh, we're going to have some dudes on that are doing uh, the Fuck Cancer event that's coming up at HB Tattoo. Holy shit, I saw the Lucky donated um, a bunch of supplies for that, and they put a picture up on Instagram. And uh, that was really impressive, the amount of stuff that Lucky's donated. It's, uh, you know what, it, it's awesome to see, like, Companies like that stepping up that are looking at these events and and providing shit for them because that's that's a lot of I mean if you're gonna not do that disposable you're gonna have motherfuckers scrubbing tubes twenty four seven that's going for four days straight or three days straight or some shit uh, I'm gonna get more information uh, on it on the next podcast but um and what a great fucking thing man you yeah. know pause it's it's uh you know and if you can't get down there to get tattooed you know fucking do a painting and donate the paint you know i'm sure we'll have like uh a paypal and shit like that to, to donate money to and and so you do a paint sell that shit on you know on your paypal and you transfer money there you just help them out uh and that's what i'm going to be doing i i wanted to get down there and fucking uh Go hang out for a day, but it's just it's be too much to just drive down there for one day and and uh, um, got all, all sorts of other shit going on. So, but I'm gonna do painting and uh, sell it eighty bucks, and I'll have that up on my Instagram uh, next couple of days. And uh, uh, yeah, you know, I'm gonna donate. So there are ways to do it, but a lot of cool events that I've been seeing on Instagram that are that are coming up, stuff like that, that's, that's for a good cause, and also uh, projects, um, like the, uh, you were talking to me about the 1114, is it 1114 book? Yeah, 1114 book, it's, um, it's actually blown the hell up, um, it's, uh, so the Inksmith and Rogers guys, especially Jesse Gordon, and, uh, Sean, um, who owns Tower Classic here in St. Louis, they, uh, really got the ball rolling on it, and, um, I would, they had asked me about it um, last summer, and, uh, you know, I, I was like, of course, you know, I love doing shit, drawing, painting, anything, and uh, then it just, like, took off. They they went from 100 artists to, I think, actually, um, I think they have a total of 185 now, um, 185 artists, yeah, and uh, it's gonna, it's already got the pre-sale going, and uh, Sean told me that the pre-sale is just unbelievable, so... Um, this is my plug telling everyone that if you haven't gone, you can go to my webpage, www.matthodeltattoo.com, and there's a link to the 1114 pre-sale book. It'll have a list of all the artists participating. Um, you know, Mike Wilson did the foreword on it, so that'll be pretty cool to see what he says. Um, and then uh, the release will actually be at the uh, West Texas Tattoo Convention that uh, is in San Angelo, which I'll be working at too. Which is just that—that that has blown up as well. Um, Sean and or, I'm sorry, not Sean, Alex and Aubrey Trufant—they um, started this show four years ago, and they have. What's made this show really cool is they haven't. Um, 
expanded to a bigger venue. They've kept it at the same venue, so they have a limited amount of space, which has a downside because, you know, not everyone gets to get a booth. But the swing of it is, the upside of it is, is the intimacy level that that keeps. And that um, it every year now it becomes, for me, it's become like a, a, a marker of... Um, where was I at last time this year? What do I have to bring to the table this year? Um, for me, not being really into um, conventions as much as I used to be, um, I, I don't know. I just I get excited, uh, ready to go back down to San Angelo and hang out um, with those guys and uh, and um, to see what everyone else has done in the last year. That's the other marker, you know. I don't know if you ever remember like that guy that started his apprenticeship right around the same time you started. I don't know who it is for you. I got about two guys I can think of, and throughout the years you would. Um, touch base with them and and you really just want to see like where they were at to see like where you were at to make sure you were like in step you know make sure that you weren't uh falling to the wayside or whatever um uh so that, that as an older tattoo artist that's kind of what i use the show for too is like where's everyone at how's am i still keeping up you know because i'm i always have that fear joe of like falling by the wayside you know like whatever i'm that mad guy everyone else is so awesome matt just kind of fell over you know you know what? Probably, uh, if that I don't know if that happens, you're probably tattooing soccer moms in your local town, putting on good tattoos. Still, you know what I mean? It's then I don't know. To a certain degree, are you talking about falling off with uh, within the tattoo community, or falling off with respect to tattooing in general? Well, there's always like this. If you could, you could fall off, and you know. Uh, stop caring about what you're doing, or you can fall. No, off. it's more like feel. I always, I always, I mean, I'm not, I, there, there's only one other place that has fucking 300 pound babies, and that's the zoo. You know, I am the one 300 pound baby that is always afraid um, that everyone knows more than me, and that, uh, you know, when you see all these pictures on Instagram and you haven't looked at it for a while, and everyone's doing this cool shit, like, you know, sometimes it's a flavor of the day, like the monocle thing that's been going around like, for a little bit, I guess. Like do a cool, do a cool whatever, throw a monocle, monocle on it, or I'm like, man, how did everyone think of this shit? You know, why am I not like, why can't I ever think of shit like that? You know, and um, I, I just, I just feel like sometimes I feel like like there's a big memo that went out like, hey, we're all tattooing like this now, and this is this is a lot of fun, and I'm like going, oh, I, I didn't get that memo. I, I'm, I'm late to the gate. What, a, what, a, you know, like I'm not in the crowd, or it's that insecurity shit that I, I've dealt with my entire life. You know, like. So I end up, end up spending most of my time in my basement just kind of drawing whatever, you know, and having fun anyway. But Well, here's, here's what I think, man. I, I think you can you can look at that shit for inspiration, and but if you start looking at it for more than that, you're going to, I think you, a person would have a tendency to drive themselves insane. Because you know what? Yes. A fucker that's going to do something extra, or do something new, or do something that's redone. It's actually probably not even new. It's probably just redone or reapplied a different way, you know. And if, if I I used to do that, I used to get tied up into that. I used to, and I still struggle with it sometimes. I still think, Fuck, you know, I wish I could come up with some new shit, you know. But fuck it, man. I, I, I got to know what I'm doing is what I'm doing. I got to I. I know that I care about what I do, and that's the most important thing. You know, it's getting better every day to do the next tattoo that I'm doing. That's going to be walking either walking through the doors or that I'm drawing for. Make sure that I that I limit my uh, 
um, awkward moments in my drawings and shit like that, you know? And, and if I can do that, well, fuck it, man. People are going to come get tattooed by me because I'm doing a good thing. And the inspiration is going to come when it's going to come, you know? Right. Uh, for, for me, that's where I've come to, you know? Um, that's, yeah, it, it's hard. But I, you can fall into that fucking insecurity. Well, you, you can, but it's so, I mean, dude, we're, I, how do you not sometimes? You get so, I mean, my my ego is so delicate, and I try to pretend like I don't have one, but there is always that, like, you know, when it comes to ego, that's that's the one thing I'm always trying to shed uh, so that I can, you know, just kind of just move around freely. But I, I get so weirded out by sitting in my basement. I'll see someone doing a guest spot, like, at another city, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll be jealous at first. I'll be like, man, that's awesome. Why do they get to do that? And in my first reaction, this is how bad I feel. My first reaction is jealousy. Like, why are they doing something awesome? And then I, I kind of backtrack a little. I'm like, dude, you're not doing, you know, you're not, you don't have a bad life either, dude. You're doing all right. You know, but that's like that. I, I think, I think that that's just not like just a tattoo artist thing. I think that, I think most artists that you talk to have that kind of weird, awkward kind of, um, personality i guess of like where do you stand because because what we do there's never a finish line there's never like oh i figured out tattooing or oh i figured out how to write now i guess i'll move on to something else there's always that like um um how do you say it joe like it's just it's measured in small increments like small small series of successes where you get to a level and you're like oh cool i did that but then you're always looking to the next you're always looking to the next you're always looking to like um, see how you can better yourself, better your art, better your drawing, better your, maybe it's your business, better your relation with the, your coworkers, better how you tune a machine. I don't know, whatever the hell floats your boat. But there's never that. There's, there's always that feeling of being under the gun of like, am I applying or doing the best that I can right now? You know, you should have that feeling of being under the gun. As far as I'm concerned, yeah, I think that is that that's what inspires people to do to do more shit, to do better shit. Is, is that feeling of not getting left behind. You know, the game doesn't wait. That's it, not being left behind, man. That's so weird. You ever feel like that? I get I get freaked out by it sometimes. I know you're not supposed to, but how do you deal with that shit? I've felt that way before, and I've, I've come to terms with my place, you know, uh, in, in tattooing, and not that I'm comfortable in my in, in the place that I'm at. Mm -hmm. that I, I'm, I'm not comfortable sitting here, but I'm okay with where I'm at. I do want to progress. So that's not to say that I'm comfortable with my abilities or my, uh, you know, anything. And I think that regardless if, if you're going out and doing guest spots or you're, uh, whatever you're doing that you think is, that the grass is greener that you're not doing. Mm -hmm. uh, you still, if you're only sitting in your shop in somewhere in the world, and, and the only people you see are the dudes on Instagram. Well, you know what? Um, even though you're not going out and, and meeting these people, you can still email. Unless you're fucking in a jungle somewhere, tattooing with a stick, but goddamn. Then, well, <laughs> just enjoy where you're at. You know, fuck it. You're not competing with nobody at that point. So at this point in the, in the game, and you have the opportunity to... Uh, to be connected with people and you know what, connect yourself with the people that are doing the best tattoos and doing the right shit. And you know what, that's where you start developing that journey of your tattoo journey, you know, and it's, it's where you can, uh, 
where do you draw from your entire career, you know? Um, and you command that. You, you're going to do that. If you want to fucking, you know, get better, and you're going to go and seek out people that are going to get you better, whether you're in touch with them personally or whether you're, um, uh, like, going to watch them or get tattooed by them or actually tattooed with them, um, you know, you can be connected with them on a digital level at this point. So oh, yeah. That's the craziest. It's insane, man. I was thinking about it. Uh, I was reading this morning. I woke up and I was just, uh, I grabbed uh, the Mike Malone uh, text artist magazine with the with that little cat on the front. Yeah, the pink um, one. Yeah, yep, with the cherry blossoms. And, and I was reading the article that, uh, the interview that Seth did with um, Leo Zulueta, who's talking about correspondence, you know, because they were talking about the, you know, how everybody would, was influencing each other and, and uh, how things spread as far as the popularity of, of tribal tattoos and, and uh, shit like that. So, um, but it was interesting to me that uh, Seth asked him if he wrote a lot of letters, because now nah, I've never really been big with that. You know, Paul used to write, Paul, speaking about Paul Rogers, used to write me a bunch of letters. Um, and then, wrote, you know, Mike Malone was, was, uh, was good at that as well, corresponding through letters. But uh, shit, man, how is it now? And then Seth actually even made a comment about, uh, well, now he's got emails, so it doesn't have to, you know, doesn't have to write letters anymore. But how crazy was it back in the day? Like, I can talk to this Thomas Pollard guy uh, over an email, and we can yeah. coordinate get him on the show and he's in the United Kingdom and we're going to talk through a fucking uh, computer to each other and put it out to everybody so they can listen. You know, whereas before I would have had to write that motherfucker a letter. I would have had to, you know, hopefully get the address right. It's not written the same in fucking the United Kingdom as it is in America. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and send it over to him, wait a couple of weeks, hopefully he replies, or maybe he just puts that shit in the round file and says, you know, fuck this guy, I don't know who this guy is. Yeah. You know, can't go on the internet. Well, that, that's my first thought. You know, as soon as I send it off, I'm like, oh, did I write that correctly? He's going to blow me off, blah, blah, blah. But, I, dude, exact, I, that's how it all started with me was I was, um, I don't know if we talked about this last time, but I was the, the pseudo-manager of, of uh, Iron Age, and that, all that really meant was I had to do everything nobody else wanted to do. And one of the things I had to do was get guest artists to come in um, and fill spots and uh, for our permanent artists so they could go on a vacation or take a couple of days off because we, um, you know, we were just too busy to just be down a man. So I would go through the magazines and um, find someone who I thought was interesting and just do that. Just write them a letter and say, hey, I work at this shop. Uh, would you like to come and hang out at our shop? And then these guys would end up, um, you know, I would put them up at my apartment so they could have a place to stay. And that's that's really how I ended up making a lot of my first contacts. And tattooing was uh, out of that necessity of, you know, needing guys at workforce at our, you know, at the shop to, to work weekends or whatever. Um, and then, you know, my funny story, I don't know if it's funny or not, but the most awkward, tense moment was, Sabato was coming to San Francisco convention in 1997 and I wanted to get tattooed by him. And, um, you know, I'm trying to like, I had gone and got this girl that, uh, uh, spoke and wrote in Japanese and I had her like dictate this long letter in Japanese about, you know, what my intentions were and what I wanted to get done. And, and, um, I wrote it all, I, I sent it all off. And then, um, you know, he would, I, I never knew like, <laughs> 
<laughs> like, does he does he get it? Does he understand? I want to get tattooed by him. Am I going to go to San Francisco and like he doesn't understand, you know, or whatever? Then Brad was like, "Why are we going to San Francisco? Um, why don't we just go to Japan?" So then I started doing that correspondence, all letters, and the 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 funny part was when I was trying to set up hotel rooms, and you'd call these people, and back then even telephone systems weren't as good, and you had that weird delay where you would go hello. And then you'd wait like a three count and they'd go, hello, <laughs> you know, and then like, I'd like to book a, a room and what room are you in? <laughs> no, I'd like to book a room. And you'd go over and over and I remember I booked the room and Brad goes, so did we get a room? I was like, we either got a room or a guy in 407 is getting some champagne. I'm not really sure what the hell I just did, you know, and there's always like that uneasiness of until you, um, or face to face with someone, they're like, we finally made it to Japan. We finally met them, and it was like old friends because that was how, how how it was. You know, you tattoo, I tattoo. We're buds. We're in the same family. Um, but yeah, like you're you're flying all the way over there. You don't know what you're getting yourself into until you're there. Yeah, I think also with respect to like what you were saying about worrying about what it's going to sound like, and I I don't remember uh, what I where I heard this shit, but. Um, like, let's say if you, uh, fuck anything, man, you tweet something or you email somebody something or you happen to have, um, uh, like you happen to have to text somebody about something. And if you worry, if you're worrying about what you're saying, that means you're probably not friends. Yeah. You know? Friend was like, I can text you anything, dude. I could text you and, and, you're either going to laugh about it or you're going to be like, what the fuck, Joe? What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know, because we're friends. We can, we yeah. can do that. I'm not worried about what I'm texting you, if it's going to become offensive or if you're not going to get it or whatever. I know that if you don't get it, you're just going to be like, what's up, dude? Are you fucking crazy? Or <laughs> No, but if you're worried about that, like, uh, you know, if you're worried about tweeting something or texting somebody something and you're, you're reword it, reword it reword that shit when i do shit like that and i gotta reword it you know what ends up happening i just delete it (laughs) like this is just forget it just walk away you know just walk away i'm so um i found that uh if the best way that i've found to handle that shit is just be honest with people yeah yeah it's like well i i don't know if you've ever you know most people that haven't been in the same room with me realize i'm just a a damn bull in a china shop and so uh, i'm not very like organized sometimes and i and i talk uh in ways that could be like considered offensive i'm not really sure but um i need people's body language to know that if i just said something and the, and i'm like really uh i don't you know i don't want to make people feel uncomfortable i'm i'm 63 and i'm right now i'm weighing in at 320 pounds so i'm bigger than the average person and they 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 shut down on you sometimes you know and uh I, 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 what I have to do, Joe, is when I'm talking to a new client, I actually make sure that I'm sitting down for the consultation so that they'll be honest with me about what they really want. Because if I'm standing and they're sitting down or something, I'm like, so what do you want? And they're like, uh, you know, um, I don't know, like a little, a, a, a rooster. And you're like, okay, cool. So we're going to do your whole back. We're going to do a rooster. And like, you know, they were just wanting a little thing on their forearm, but they leave and they're like in a whirlwind. They're like, that big man yelled at me. <laughs> So, I think that uh, Steve Hendricks, my uh, mentor, told me 
because you got to tell them what they need, not what they want. Yeah. So you got a great position, man. You could just uh, fucking tell them what they need every single time. What they need is what you're giving them. That's even the day that you want to do. Oh, you want to do a panther back piece yeah. and uh, you know some other shit with some clouds? Well, fuck it, man. That's uh, that's what they need that day. Yeah. You're in a good position. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes people make fun of me a little bit, and I get, you know, uh, <laughs> like... Well, I guess my, my business partner will pull me aside sometimes and goes, stop being so forceful. Just just let them talk. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was being that demanding or uh, confrontational or whatever it is, which, um, whatever. But, um, you know, people, I think people need a little confrontation in their lives sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, nothing. You just got to get the adrenaline pumping and, and uh, every once in a while. You know, don't be afraid of fucking looking at somebody in the eye. Yeah. Well, that's what, um, I, sometimes people, <laughs> that most people or some people would consider respectful looking somebody in the eye or, or, you know, standing up for something you believe in or saying some shit. Um, if it's the right thing, like I'm not saying go out and start a fucking fight and <laughs> up for what the fuck. Like, and if, you know, if, if it, that's, I, I think some people would look at that shit and be, oh, that's confrontation. I, I don't want any confrontation. Yeah. Well, you know what? sometimes the right thing causes confrontation. You've got to fucking just deal with it. Well, dude, yeah. the, 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 it, used, it used to be, Joe, that like you had to take control of the situation from the, from the get-go. I guess it still is. But when someone came to the shop, you wanted to make sure that everyone knew you were alpha dog. You know, we, we talked about this before. Like, You wanted to make sure that, that all the clients knew, like, Hey man, you've walked into my world. I'm not going to lose control of the situation because as soon as I lose control of the situation, everything's going to go to shit. You know, um, for security reasons, uh, for just making sure you could put good designs on people. You know, like someone comes in and they want, you know, the typical, I don't want no outline, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, no, you need an outline. And this is how I'm going to do it. And if you don't want to like that, I'm, I can't help you out today. You know, that whole, like, that's how it is. And it's like nowadays our clientele has changed so much because people aren't, you know, um, I don't know. They're they're just they're so much more sensitive, you know. They're so much more like, well, I've been thinking about it for three years, and you know, and you, it, and then they finally bring it to you, and what do you do? You crush it. You crush three years of them thinking about this design, and I, it breaks my heart sometimes to see these guys. And I gotta like backpedal a little bit. But no, no, no. You had a good idea. We're, I'm just helping you to make it right, you know, and like trying to sell it so they don't leave. And make, I don't know, man. I just don't want. I don't want people to think I'm a big dickhead sometimes, you know. Okay. But I don't want to give them bad tattoos. There's a way of articulating shit, and there's a way of talking to people that's, that, uh, you know, this is, I had to do this when I was fucking caught, man. And, and it's, it's you had to be in control of the situation. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You that you're in, but you know what? You don't always have to be an asshole. That's what I'm saying. You know, right. There's a articulate and talk to people in a respectful manner that, that, you know, they come in and they got, got three years of fucking hopes, dreams, and tears in this design. Well, I'm going to try to help them uh, come to an understanding about why we want to fucking change the shit that we're going to change. And as their resistance or lack of resistance increases, well, so will that mirror mine. If they start getting out of hand with it and becoming a bitch or uh, they're, they're acting like an asshole uh, or a douchebag. To me, well, fucking, I ain't gonna stand for it because you are in my tattoo shop, and right. you know this is you're coming onto my territory. So, um, but 
until they elevate that shit, I'm going to be as, you know, uh, I, I'm going to articulate to them, tell motherfuckers why they have to do this shit. Mm-hmm. The people that aren't okay with it, you know what, they're going to fucking, they're going to go get their tattoo, even if you don't do it, they're going to get it the way they want it, now they're going to come into you, and they're going to probably have you try to redo it with an outline, and you're going to get that money again anyway. So, fuck it. If, if you want to educate people, educate them, and if they want to listen to you, because they've done their research, and they've done their due diligence to fucking get a good tattoo, well, they're going to stay, and they're going to... You're both going to be happy with the tattoo that comes out. And uh, when they don't want to do that, well, fuck it, man. You probably get them coming around in a few years anyway. Have you ever heard that saying, uh, a, a client's going to get what he deserves? Yeah, sure. You know? And so they'll get, you know, when they when they get stubborn like that, they'll they'll end up with the tattoo they deserve one way or the other. I We talked about that before. Like, sometimes I just feel like I'm trying to save people from themselves, you know? Like... Don't do this, you know. Don't, don't, don't do this. We, I was just having a conversation with one of the, we got a lot of little uh, neighborhood guys that stop by and have, you know, pipe dreams about one day what they're going to do. And uh, that's these younger kids just sitting there. That, like, you, it was the same conversation I had yesterday with your friend, dude. You guys have the, both the same ideas mapped out. You know, uh, I'm going to get the STL and I'm going to get AK and then I'm going to get money talks. And then the next guy comes in, and it's the same conversation. Like, dude, let me let me try to like uh, let's try to figure this out real quick, so you don't look like your friend. Let's design something, whatever. I don't, I don't know. They all want to look the same, anyways. So that's the shit. You just make it a gangster's butt. That's that's the point. Is you got to just go roll with it on that level. Yeah. Your, your homie just came and got an AK on his chest, wanted to be some Tupac motherfucker, some shit. You know, why don't you do two big ass fucking AKs crossed on your back? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, play into it. Let them, let them one-up each other, right? You're seeing your body suit motherfuckers with AKs and, and fucking letters and, and sayings and fucking who, who knows what. You probably talk to motherfuckers into reapers and skulls, you know, gangster shit, man. Yeah, anytime you can get someone to do a reaper and a skull. Or, like, I always like doing, like, Tell well, like when you trick them and you and you get them to do like uh, something pretty traditional, like an eagle, and then have the eagle holding the AK. Like, see, you got what you wanted, right? <laughs> you know, I always like doing that too. That's not a trick. That's getting them a better tattoo, right? Know? Right, saving yeah. them from themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and you know what? It's uh, you really are looking out for that dude because you're giving him something that's a, that's a, a little bit more unique, but it's still. Still's a fucking AK, and it's still fucking cool for him and his buddies. So let's, you know, I Dude, say we don't drive motherfuckers. I remember, I remember, I just remember this. There was a guy I tattooed a long time ago, and he got an AK-47, and above it it said, K's can't stop me, bitch. <laughs> he had gotten shot up the summer before and lived by an AK-47. And uh, that, that dude's a bad motherfucker. Well, That's an awesome Or a slow runner, I'm not sure which one. Yeah, right, exactly. I think that's an that if I got if I got shot with an AK forty seven, you know I would be fucking putting AK forty seven. Yeah, that's legit. Speaking of gun tattoos, you know, and trying to like correct people, and this is like the kind of funny when you're dead wrong. You know, a guy came in and uh, I, I knew him. I tattooed him a, a couple times. Him and his wife, and he wanted uh, deer antlers, and then he wanted pop or dad written in the banner and then he wanted a, a 45 uh 
bullet in the middle of the antlers. Now, I, I just let him talk, and then when he was done talking, I said, well, you know, you don't, you don't really go deer hunting with a forty-five, you know? He goes, well, let me tell you a story. He went hunting for the first time with his old man. And uh, at deer camp, you know, everyone just goes and gets shit-faced. And he took it, you know, he got himself good and ripe. And the next morning when everyone else woke up to go hunt, he uh, slept in. But the night before, his dad had presented him with this forty-five handgun. And was like, I want you to have this. And he was like, we're all happy with it. So everyone's gone the next morning. They're all hunting. And he wakes up with a hangover, and he walks outside to take a piss. But, you know, of course, he's got to grab the new gun. And he's got his new gun in one hand and his cock in the other, and he's taking a piss. And he hears uh, that, that shot off in the distance of someone trying to shoot a buck. And then the, the leaves break, and he sees this buck kind of run across him. So he's got his dick in one hand, a forty-five in the other, and just pulls up, and one shot drops this buck. Shot of a lifetime. <laughs> so his first time hunting, he you know shot a shot a buck uh, with a forty-five, and uh, <laughs> that was fucking classic, you know. But so yeah, that was like one of those things where like I could have been told like, well, you know, you you don't actually. And be like, yeah, well, listen to me, motherfucker, you do. Yeah, what do I know? What the fuck do I know, man? Guys, so you gotta you gotta listen to these motherfuckers. You know there might be a reason why they they do weird shit, but um, <laughs> that's great, man. That's like a scene from a fucking movie or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I do become a movie writer, I'll I'll uh, I'll add that in there. Well, <laughs> uh, plenty of shit to uh, to write about, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I got to do a I got to film a commercial that's online. It's uh it's me being me being me. The guy came to me and said that uh. He wanted, uh, he goes, I got a role for you. I said, I need a fat guy jumping up and down. I said, oh, I've been preparing for this moment my entire life. <laughs> so there, there's a 7-Up commercial where it's me standing on a scale in all of my glory in the underwear with my big gut and everything. <laughs> so that's out there too. So I, I, that's, that's my break into the film world since we brought it up. Is, is that uh, available on YouTube? Uh, it's on Vimeo, and I think if you go to my web, my, uh, I, I should probably put it on my webpage, but, um, it's on my Facebook page, too, if you just Google Matt Hodel, H-O-D-E-L, you'll find my Facebook page, but yeah, that's up there, too. It's pretty funny. Awesome, man. So, what's this, you were telling me this morning that you are, uh, uh, you're drawing all your shit on a tablet. What fucking tablet do you, are you using? Oh, yeah, man. Well, I started slow, but my graduation was... Um, getting, uh, it's called a Cintiq 24 HD and, um, that's pretty standard in, uh, um, in the, um, in the art world if you're doing anything uh, other than tattooing or if you're a pro and you're doing something, every, everyone uses some for a digital medium and, um, it has a lot of advantages. Um, and I just really have been kind of unlocking it. Um, and it's, uh, been a huge time saver and, uh, I don't know. I, I, if you were in front of me and I could show you some of the tricks, but the idea is this: um, you know, an average, an average um, sleeve, maybe might let's say let's just say it took me twenty hours to draw an average sleeve, and then maybe I'm looking at it halfway through the drawing and I'm like, well, this is the wrong proportion. This is the wrong size. I need to pull this layer up, push this layer back, and I'm trying to you know fine tune it. Well, if I'm doing that with my traditional way of doing it with tracing paper, then uh, a lot of times I have to photocopy that image a little bit smaller, then restart the drawing over again, um, and kind of redraw things that are around it to make sure that, you know, everything's fitting correctly. I don't know if I'm making any sense, but 
My point is that that if bigger changes like that might take up to 45 minutes the traditional way. Yeah. Doing it on the tablet, it only takes about you know five ten minutes, and uh, you're yeah. you kind of yeah. get the result you need. And what's that, Joe? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You breaking up? Um, I think when we both try to talk together, one of us can't hear the other one. Oh yeah. So, but uh, so here's my question. I don't know, man. I'm I'm I would imagine I'm open to that idea of doing it digitally because I think there's some advantages of uh, like like that, you know, time shit. And can you input a picture and like say you're sketching a back piece? Can you take a picture of a dude, uh, his back? Or you're sketching an arm that's for a sleeve. Can you import a picture and sketch over that picture? Oh that yeah, sleeve? yeah, yeah. So here, let me just take you through the process of how I how I start um, a new client. So let's say a guy comes in and, and let's use a back piece since we're talking about it. And let's say he already has like a kind of a small kanji or wizard or something on his back that we need to just blow over real quick. Um, no big deal. Um, so what I'll do is while he's in the shop and we're doing the consultation, I'll take a pretty detailed tracing, um, of his back with, with, uh, I just, I just use tracing paper and I'll actually draw on his back with marker first. Um, and then I'll put the tracing paper over it and kind of recopy that. And then I'll take a picture of his back with all the markers on it. And then what I do is I take the tracing paper and I throw a ruler next to it and mark off inch marks. And then I take a digital shot of that tracing, okay? So now I've got the ruler marks on there, so now I always have my proportions correct. So then I go home and I upload the uh, picture of his back and the picture of the tracing, and I just get them lined up, you know? Um, and then from there, I start building, and I can turn off, I'll probably turn off the back layer of the actual photo of him, and then I'll have the layer of the tracing, and I'll put another layer on top of that, and I'll just start sketching on. And the, the tablet is pressure sensitive, and you can configure the um, brushes, is what they call it, to act the way you want them to act. So say your favorite way to draw is with a 4B pencil with one side blunt and the other side sharp. You know how you get that weird kind of soft side on your pencil, but then you get that sharp side where you can turn, your, turn it up and really kind of cut in and get some sharper lines? You can make that brush. No big deal. So you, it took me about three months to get the brushes to where the, it felt like I was still drawing traditionally. Um, so then I'll go ahead and I'll sketch, I'll draw, and uh, then I just keep double checking as I'm going on. I I put I bring the back back up and I just make sure that everything's hitting where I want it to hit. So you're not getting that you know that weird fat roll that people have um, above their hips. Making sure that like something cool like a sword isn't going across that fat roll. You're like oh I fucking was so into this drawing I forgot. Let me just readjust this real quick. None of those weird surprises where when the guy shows up um, and you've got this awesome drawing and then you go to stencil it and there's like a big fuck up, you know, like, oh, this I, this hand is going right into the armpit. What am I supposed to do? And then, of, of course, the, the right thing to do is to stop, redraw, or consider redrawing the whole thing if need be. But it does it does um, help you be as prepared as possible uh, when it comes to shit like that. And on the flip side, or on the other side of it, too, is when, you know, we're so traditional. We want to do a watercolor, and we're like, oh, make it a shirt. Or make it a make it put it in a in a book or put it in a sticker. That turns digital. The guy, whoever you're going to send it off to, or girl you're going to send it off to, they're going to scan it. They're going to take a picture of it. They're going to turn it digital, and then they're going to figure out how to move it around. And if you've ever had that frustrating moment where you ordered postcards and they they skewed the picture to fit the bleed marks of the um, of the postcard, and then it comes back and you're like, oh, that's fucked up. 
you know, I already bought them. Here they are. When you start digital, then you have 100% control over your print product. And so um, it's, not a, it's not that hard of a jump. There's a program called um, Sketchbook Pro, uh, release number six. And it's, it's got all the power of Photoshop, but only gives you the dummy tools. You know, it doesn't, you know, Photoshop's four photos, but you can draw on it. Sketchbook Pro is four drawing. It's for us. It's going to have the basic brushes in it um, that we would normally use. Um, but then here's what get, where it gets really cool. It has the ability to create its own brushes. And those brushes will have different uh, um, characteristics. And so say, for instance, um, I want to start doing a watercolor style sticker. I can actually give myself some um, test samples of textures that I've actually watercolored. I scan those in and then I do a capture brush and I actually capture the texture of what that ink looks like on that style of paper. So say it's like that typical Archer's 120 uh, cold press where it's got that really really distinct texture. Everyone knows what it looks like. Well I can capture that and um, I can make my brush look like that. And it's not... I think there's, there's something to be said for... I think there's something to be said for capturing that in, in on actual paper, too. But, you know, I th I'm thinking about... As you're talking about it, I'm thinking to myself... For, the first thing that comes to mind um, is how big is the, the little tablet? Because I think there's something, honestly, to be said for drawing it at scale. You see it? Uh, yeah, I see it. So I, I think there's something to be drawn when you're drawing a back piece, let's say. Mm -hmm. there's, there's possibly something to be said for drawing it at scale where you get it. You know, your arm sweeps a certain way, but as opposed to your wrist having to sweep that way because the tablet's so much smaller. Well, I've never, I've, I, ha I've, I haven't drawn back pieces to scale pretty much from the get. You know, my, my traditional way of doing it is on 11. Uh, Eight, uh, eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper. I got that from Sabato a long time ago, and then you know Alan Thompson. He'll he, he'll tell you that all the time too. Draw small, and so you build up the image. Everything's built up from a thumbnail, and then gets bigger. My my last that that whole thing of marking with the inches. I did that for years. I've always um, for the longest time. If I was going to do a, a traditional back piece, I would do everything normal. Take the photo, uh, take the sketch, take the tracing. And then I would actually take a digital picture of it, and I would print that out, and then I'd put my physical tracing paper above it, and that's how I would traditionally draw anyway. Well, so then I, then I would blow it up in stages and try to figure out where I'm at. And then the, um, the cool thing about doing on the Cintiq is you've got the markers, the one-inch markers. So if you ever need to know, are these finger waves really going to be uh, um, correct when it's blown up to scale and sky's back. You just blow the whole drawing up to that size, and you can kind of get an idea of like, okay, this is when this is blown up, this is going to be okay. This will be fine. But yeah, I've, I've always actually drawn small uh, anyway. Um, mo the more compact, because because dude, if you're doing like a big fucking tiger and you got this leg coming down and you're drawing big, and then you got this snake wrapped around it, and you're like, oh, that fucking leg is wrong, you know. Then you got to like erase. Uh, if you're drawing to scale, you're erasing a section that's nine inches long, and then you know you're all, you're like fudging, fucking, fudging, fucking, 
Where when you're drawing small, all you're doing is you're just erasing that little part. So you get all the proportions done, you know, get everything kind of nailed in. Because really the, the icing on the cake, the real the little textures and nuances that you like to throw in, that's not until the last 10% of the drawing. Then the first 90% is just structure, just trying to make sure compositionally everything is legible, you know. At least that's how I, how I think about it. No, I get that. I'm not saying I'm not saying starting off your drawing to scale. I am saying as you increase the size of the drawing from smaller, as you go up in size, there's something because you're going to see mistakes through small as you increase the size. You see them very clearly. Right. I'm saying that uh, as you get up to scale, there's something to be said for the motion that your arm will make as opposed to the motion that your wrist will make. And plus, you know what, honestly, I like the idea of doing it. I like the idea of, I think there's an incredible amount of, of good shit, and, and I would love to try that shit out. Yeah. But I think that there's definitely something to be said for it. Um, well, to answer your question about the motion of the arm, the, the size of, my, of the Cintiq is 24 inches. Uh, it's a 24-inch monitor. So you can't get to each corner to corner just by your wrist. You have to draw moving your whole entire arm. But the, the, the luxury it gives you is if, you're, if, you're, if you like to draw compact like I do, when you do blow things up, you can still, whatever your preference is, Joe, you're not restricted to going, well, I like to draw like this, but on the Cintiq, I can't. Whatever you, whoever you are, or however you draw, you'll be able to get something out of it. So, so as far as like uh, that idea of like a reservation or a skepticism, yeah, try it. It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. I'm not the first guy to start using it, and I don't know who these other guys are on the internet because they just do those hashtag fucking names. But there's a guy named Russ that he, he um, uses it um, uh, uh, for in his in tattooing, and then. Uh, the only other guy I know that has one is a guy named Josh Rowan, and uh, you know he he loves his too. Um, but it's it's a trip. It's really a fucking trip, man. I think one thing to think about too is it may not be. It's not going to be as much of a, a, a jump for a lot of people because right now you can even you know you can go to your iPad and you can buy a you know an app for a few bucks that will lock your screen and you can flip images. You can Enlarge and scale to size uh, any image that you import into there. So guys are using that shit at conventions, right. you know, out of their shops every day as light tables as well. So you know, I, I don't think the jump is going to be as much. Well, do you want me to flip your lid real quick? Sure. So the Sketchbook Pro program I use has a light version for the iPad, and it might be the program you're thinking of. So you come in as a consultation, we do a couple of sketches, I just go ahead and take a picture of your back with my iPad, I import that picture into my iPad Sketchbook Pro program, and you're in front of me, and I'm drawing small with you going, oh, tie your head here, right? Yeah, and you, you were thinking about sweeping it down to your lower ass cheek, yeah, and you start getting all laid out. Now here's that drawing, right? In Sketchbook Pro, it's a quick sketch, nothing, not a finished drawing by any means. Because it's the same program I'm using on my home computer, I just cloud it. So I save the program to cloud, and then when I get home, I just pull up um, Joe Swanson, you know, um, and uh, like skull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe Swanson's skull tiger guy, and that sketch that I did digitally on the iPad, just that loose layout. Now I've got it on my. On, I just import it right into my program. It's the same program, and the not just the image, but the amount of layers that I used. 
Yeah, they have um they have a bunch of different style stylus nowadays. You can get your amateur kind of straightforward stylus um from Best Buy for about fourteen bucks, and they work and they're good enough like for riding. And, and I've painted a little bit with them. I painted if you go to you know my web page, there's this uh, ladybug thing that I painted on the iPad. Yeah, and it looks pretty realistic. Um, but then they have um some tips that are a little bit, they have like a weird plastic on them with crosshairs, so you can get a little more detailed if you're not trying to do such a broad thing. And then I just bought my business partner uh, a brush set. So they're actual brushes, and there's different tips for the brush, like if it's a longer one, like a longer style brush, or there's like a, one that's like a little more shorter, so you can get more of that bristly effect, so that you can draw on the iPad. And then they've recently come out with a, a pressure-sensitive pen for the iPad that hasn't really been fully worked out because it uses, um, to my understanding, it uses, um, not sonar, sonic, what's that shit when you have a baby and you put this shit on your belly? Sonogram or, what's that? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I you don't know the word either, do you? Okay, so whatever whatever technological shit they do with that, uh, it's the same It's the same principle, So the, 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 but, but that's only getting to the degree of, I think, 500, um, points of pressure and a point of pressure is, is an equal to a gram so that's only like five or six hundred points of pressure so as you're pushing down it's got it jumps a little bit you know the, the if you're set it up to get a little bit bigger you're fucking you're, you're fucking talking great so. well let me real let me let me put it real simple and i'll, and I'll move on joe I hope My, there are some digital listening motherfuckers out there that uh, <laughs> i don't know what the fuck you're talking about but i think it's crazy to uh do you think it's it's crazy um, sounding shit? I would like to try it. It, it seems to me that anything uh, that you can do on real paper in real time, you can do in real time on a fucking iPad now, or on this cool ass little fucking digital thing you got. That if I didn't like, I could always just make it my light table. Yeah, it'd be a very expensive light table, Joe. <laughs> this isn't this. Uh, it's it's a bit of a daunting purchase, but. The amount I, of time I save and the amount of work I can get done now is, um, it's just, it's fucking amazing. That's, that's basically it. Um, a couple grand. It's like a computer. It's, uh, t the, the one I got is $2,600. Yeah, you can get a little bit smaller one, but you lose what you were talking about before the sweeping arm motion. And that's not what I wanted. I wanted the ability to do exactly what you said. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just. I, people kind of laugh at me for doing it until they see, you know, what's possible. And then, uh, they don't, you know, then they kind of go, Oh, I get it now. Cause we think of like, we think of drawing with a computer and we think of, uh, mouses, mice. And we think of like that stiff kind of, you're not using your muscle memory and it just kind of, it looks computer generated. There's no office uh, there's no like soul in it. But, um, if you, um, if you use this because it's pressure sensitive, uh, you can, it's there's no different than than drawing on paper other than the fact that I can't spill fucking soda on it, you know. Well, I guess I could, and I'd, I'd be out twenty seven hundred bucks. But <laughs> but it doesn't just because you do this. It's not for um, it doesn't remove that that quality that, or that 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 good time you have. What the fuck am I trying to say? You know, painting. Just setting up a painting and doing some spit shading. It won't. It won't, you know, you still go back to that. And that still has a certain, like, instant quality, like, instant fun. But when you paint on the, the Cintiq, it's the same process. You still have to lay it down and cut it back in, you know. 
Um, it's not like you're you're when it comes to painting, it's not like you're saving time. You know, where you might be saving time illustrating, you're not saving time applying paint. When you're actually painting a painting on on the digital, um, not traditional, but in the digital, you're still laying it down and brushing it back in, laying it down and brushing it back in, just like spit shading. So you still can get that kind of like instant reward for doing something fun and flashy or whatever. You know, it's it's just like all of our tools, dude. You got to figure out when the when it when the case presents itself, which tool you're supposed to use. You know, um, I think that there is uh, there probably is a good um, there's probably some good to be said for you know if you had to do let's say you wanted to do yeah painting for a t-shirt or some shit or something uh, a postcard for a, for a, an event. Uh, time, if you could just paint it and it looks the same in the digital version as it would if you were doing it by hand, it would probably be good to do it for those events. But there's something also, again, to be said, being the devil's advocate to the, to the digital thing, there's something to be said for an original fucking painting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to, dude, there, you don't want to send your friend um, a love letter uh, and have it typed out on Word, you know? You want to send your friend a handwritten card. It's the same thing. You don't want to send your friend a, uh, um, you know, uh, a, a printout of your painting. You want to get out, you know, a, a, a nib pen, and uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, that's you're exactly right. And there's a lot of uh, things about uh, drawing which I had to learn in the digital world too of trying to keep the integrity. Um, as you're, you can't just make layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. For every little move you do in the drawing, being afraid that it's, oh, if that's not right, I want to be able to undo it. I don't use it like that. I use the same layer. I draw on the same layer until I'm ready to ink. And then I draw a new layer of ink. I'm constantly compressing layers because I don't want that world of like, oh, I did it had 92 layers. I had one layer for the eyeball, one layer for the leg, one layer for the arm, one layer. You know, it's all on the same layer. So when I go to a race, I'm erasing that hour of work, you know, and that. I don't know if that's, you know, whatever. I just I just feel more comfortable that way because there's a lot more confidence in what I'm doing when I do it that way, you know? Yeah, well, I, you know what, man? It's interesting because uh, it, it's all going in a digital direction anyways. I mean, think of it when the internet hit and, and uh, it used to be somebody wanted to promote themselves. What did they do? They had gotten some... They had, you know, made a made a flyer, hand drawn a flyer or some shit, posted it around. But it was it was all done by hand. And then you got well, no, it wasn't all done by hand. So the business cards were probably drawn by hand and then created somehow digitally. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a long time ago, there was there was some sort of print, some sort of uh, digital involvement. You know, uh, so I don't know, and it's come. Crazy. I mean, it come, it's come a crazy long way, even from the time I started tattooing, where I would take my letters. If I was going to do a name when I first started, and I didn't know how to draw script letters. And I've said it before. I would take it out of a speedball text pen. You know. Yeah, yeah, of course. We would we would do it all by hand. It's it's another way of doing it by hand with a, with a, um you know a little bit of little bit of uh, help with the book. But then it became okay. Well, now you can take it off this computer. You know, and I think that's where it lost some of its allure is, is when you stop taking it out of the book, even though it was, you know, it went from speedball text to Edwardian script on board. Yeah. You know, to me, that's where that shit lost. 
out of its flair. And that's where I began to start thinking more about hand-drawing my letters. Oh, of course. Yeah, yes. It's just like when you go to a shop and everything's hand-painted on the front window, or whether it's that uh, vinyl sticker. There, there is, there's some soul in the hand lettering, and I, I believe the same thing. Even, even the stuff that I do digitally when I have to do lettering, I don't pull up a font and trace it. You know, I still am doing it by hand. That's what I'm saying. Like for, but for work, like there's a, there's an essence, there's a vibration coming out of that hand done shit, a hand painted thing, a hand uh, painted uh, glass window. You know, all that shit, uh, something that's pinstriped. There's an essence that comes out of that. Um, but as far as a tool work to make tattooing easier to make more money at it that's what flash is flash yeah. is a money flash yeah done in the beginning to put up on the wall so that motherfuckers who walked in the shop could get that shit you know so if we're using it as a tool we all use the internet as a tool we all use instagram as a tool twitter you know we all use these things these digital things as tools to promote ourselves why not make our job and you know what if some motherfucker came out with a uh i don't know what what is it a, a different set of like another set of ink that was really fucking good and somebody found some well how about the rotary machine versus yeah. the the coil machine it's that shit now it may take some people longer to to start using something new um and so that's i think what's happening with digital a lot of people are um they have tablets they have these things that are that are they're bringing into uh, the, the tattoo shop and, and into their work environment where they're not limited to just a copy machine and some books and shit. They're, they're opening themselves up. So, so you know, a $2,600, $2,700 purchase on something that's going to make your life a lot easier, eventually people will start to get to that point. And that price point is not going to prevent them from doing it. You know, they're going to find a way to do it. Do you have your so phone on you? Yeah. Look at your phone real quick. I just sent you something. So what I just sent you is um, a T-shirt, a sticker, and another T-shirt idea that I'm going to have printed, and they're all done in different forms. One's more of an ink-style form. The other one looks like a watercolor form. The other one's just a fun color thing. Yeah, the, the, the wizard thing. The There should be some cherry blossoms. Yeah, the cherry blossom thing is cool. That's uh, That looks, you know, it looks, is that done digitally? 100%. Yeah, it's crazy. Dude. It looks it looks pretty good, and you know, for just a for for something that's going to be as a as a promotion piece or something like that, you're not needing that essence, that vibration too. You know, this this shit's just going to go out there. But plus, it has some sort of you're saying there's not much of a different feel in how you're producing it. So um, you know, it's still going to have some of that feel to it. But it's cool, man. I, I, I think I'm, like I said, I'm open to it. I always look at things from a, you know, from try to look at them from both perspectives and try to look at them from a nostalgic kind of point of view. Right. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's probably cool as fuck. If I had $2,600, you know, I might, and somebody like you who knew how to use it for our purpose, because I know there's a learning curve on that shit. There is with every Sure. Um, it, it, it's picking up a new tool. If somebody says, well, you have to use, these calligraphy pens now for, um, you know, drawing all your lettering. Well, fuck, it's going to take me a little bit to, you know, uh, to, to, to get used to a new tool to use, you know. Um, somebody says, okay, you've been using PC for so long, now you're going to use Mac. Well, shit, man, it took me a little while to understand the Mac and figure it out, but I love it. 
Right. I would imagine going back to a PC would be fucking difficult. I think one of the neatest things about this entire uh, digital world is you still have to use your hand and your muscle movement to draw. The weirdest thing was, and this was took the longest to find out. um, I'm kind of showing you right here this 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 pen I'm using. This little bitty tip right here that's on the end of my stylist. You can replace that so that you get the friction that you want when you draw. So if you're normally like a pencil jaw or a or if you're a felt tip pen person, that friction that you're naturally like to create, you have to just order the tips for it. That that was the one. Once I discovered that, it was on like Donkey Kong because it was that learning curve in the beginning where I would like go to draw my the styles would just fly across the glass screen and it pissed me off. And then once I found the right tip, it was like, oh, this is just like fucking drawing with my. I use a mechanical pencil when I draw with the colored lead, but uh, it, it's just like that. Yeah, so you're right. You're right. It just takes a minute, and I I will be more than happy to help anybody who has uh, made kind of the venture to you know uh, I can send you my brush palette. So the brushes I've created that are geared towards uh, what we do in tattooing, if you get one and you get Sketchbook Pro, just get a hold of me and I will email you my brushes and you just load them up and, and do the thing. And my three, four, five months of hard work to create the perfect brush, I'll just give them to you. I don't give a shit. Because I, I think this is, I really believe in this stuff. I think it's really cool. It's pretty fucking cool. And uh, I appreciate you coming on uh, and, and chatting. First fucking episode of the new year, man. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's been cool to, to, to hear about these ideas and to, um, you know, also to hear about the, uh, the event that you're, or the thing that you're involved in the book. Yeah. 11, 14. Um, you know, if you have questions about that, check it. It's all over Instagram. Go to M L Odell, uh, on Instagram. Uh, I believe you on Twitter too, man. Uh, I haven't gotten into Twitter yet. But, but if, again, my webpage is www.matthodeltattoo.com. And the first, as soon as you load the page up, there's a link to go buy the book. And so, you know, you can go and check that out. Go get the book. Um, it's going to be badass. I've seen a lot of pictures come through on Instagram, uh, tagged with it and shit. And you know what? I think you can hashtag, look up the 1114 hashtag, um, and you'll be able to check it out. But a lot of good dudes in there, a lot of cool uh, artwork. Go check it out. A lot of really good dudes. I shouldn't even be in the book. <laughs> I got I, I I snuck under the radar, Joe. Man, well, that's uh, you know what, you bullshitted your way in. That's a lot of half this business, isn't it? <laughs> Bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. I appreciate you calling. Yeah, no problem, man. And you can find uh, Matt on Instagram, and he's going to get on Twitter. I'm going to convince him, browbeat him into it, strong arm him, and uh, find him on Twitter at the same handle. And you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram, OG Joe Swanson. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, also, this next episode that's going to be coming up, we're going to be uh, talking about the fuck cancer event uh, that's happening down at HB Tattoo. Thomas Morgan and the boys down there are putting that on. For uh, he, he works at Fifth Street, right? What's that? Where does he work at again? HB Tattoo down in okay. Huntington Beach. Okay. And, um, it's uh, going to be an event to benefit Alicia Mocker uh, and, and raise money for that. So go check that out, too. LinkedIn, on my Twitter, and, and a couple other places. Um, but go check that shit out. It's going to be a great event. You can support it any way you can. Please do that. And um, so, thanks, man. I appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Joe. Get to, uh, get to fucking control all deleting that shit over there. And uh, we will talk to you another time, brother.